Story fifteen of the Third Circle by Frank Norris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story fifteen. Grettir at Drangey. One. How Grettir came to the island. A long slant of rain came from out the northwest and much fog and the sea still swollen by the last of the winter gales now two days gone raced by the bows of their boat in great swells quiet huge it was cold and the wind like a hound at fault hunted along through the gorges between the wave-heads casting back and forth swiftly in bulging sounding blasts that made an echo between the walls of water at times the wind discovered the boat and leaped upon it suddenly with a gush of fierce noise clutching at the sail and bearing it down as the dog bears down the young elk the sky a vast reach of broken grey slid along close overhead sometimes even dropping flat upon the sea blotting the horizon and whirling about like geyser mist or the reek and smoke from the mouth of jokuls then perhaps out of the fog and out of the rain suddenly great and fearful came towering and dripping a mighty berg the waves breaking like surf about its base spires of grey ice lifting skywards all dripping and gashed and jagged knobs and sharp ridges thrusting from under beneath the water full of danger to ships at such moments they must put the helm over quickly shearing off from the colossus before it caught and trampled them but no living thing did they see through all the day sea-birds there were none no porpoises played about the boat no seals barked from surge to surge there was nothing but the silent gallop of the waves the flitting of the leaden sky the uneven panting of the wind and the rattle of the rain on the half-frozen sail the sea was very lonely barren empty of all life towards the middle of the day when iceland lay far behind them a bar of black on the ocean's edge they were little by little aware of the roll and thunder of breakers and the cries and calls of very many sea-birds and very faint the bleating of sheep the fog and the scud of rain and the spindrift that the wind whipped from off the wave-tops shut out all sight beyond the cast of a spear but they knew that they must be driving hard upon the island and grettir from his place at the helm bent himself to look under the curve of the sail he called to illigi his brother and to noise the thrall who stood peering at the bows of the boat their eyes made small to pierce the mist to know if they saw aught of the island i see answered illigi only rack and drift of wreck and streamers of kelp but we are close upon it then all at once grettir threw the boat up into the wind and shouted aloud look overhead quick above there we are indeed close and for all that the foot and midmost part of the island were unseen because of the mist there far above them between sea and sky looming as it were out of heaven rose suddenly the front of the cliff rearing the forehead of it high from out all that din of surf and swirl of mist and rain bare to the buffet of storms iron strong everlasting a mighty rock they lowered the sail and ran out the sweeps and for an hour skirted the edge of the island searching for the landing-place 
where the rope ladder hung from the cliff's edge when they found it they turned the nose of the boat landward and caught by the set of the surf were drawn inwards and at last flung up on the beaches waist deep in the icy undertow they ran the boat up and made her fast rejoicing that they had won to land without ill fortune the wind for an instant tore in twain the veils of fog and they saw the black cliff towering above them as well as the ladder that hung from its summit clattering against the rock as the wind dashed it to and fro and as they turned from the boat to look about them lo at their feet stranded at make of the ebb a great walrus crushed between two ice floes lay dead the rime of the frost encrusting its barbels so gretter osmundson called the strong outlawed throughout iceland came with his brother illugi and the thrall noise to live on the island of drangi two how gretter and illugi his brother kept the island on top of the cliff to be reached only by climbing the rope ladder were sheep walks where the shepherds from the mainland kept their flocks gretter and illugi took over these for food and for the sake of their pelts which were to make them coverings they built themselves a house out of the driftwood that came ashore at the foot of the cliff with every tide and throughout the rest of the winter days lived in peace but in the early spring a fisherman carried the news to the mainland that he had seen men at the top of drangi and that the ladder was up forthwith came the farmers and shepherds in their boats to know if such were the truth they found indeed the ladder up and after calling and shouting a long time time brought the hero and his brother to the cliff's edge what now they cried give a reckoning of our sheep is it peace or war between you and us why have you come to our island answer gretter outlaw what i have i hold cried gretter outlawed i am indeed and no man is there in all iceland that dare help me to home or hiding mine is the island of drangi and mine are the sheep and the goats robber shouted the shepherds since when have you bought the island show the title for answer gretter drew his sword from its sheath and held it high that is my title he cried when that you shall take from me the island of drangi is yours again at least render up our sheep answered the shepherds what i have said i have said said gretter and with that he and illugi drew back from the cliff's edge and were no more seen the shepherds sailed back to the mainland and could think of no way of ridding the island of gretter and his brother the summer waned and finding themselves no further along than at the beginning they struck hands with a certain thorbjorn called the hook and sold him their several claims so it came about that thorbjorn the hook was also an enemy of gretter for he swore that foul or fair ill or well he would have the head of the hero and the price that was upon it as well as the sheep-walks and herds of drangi this thorbjorn had an old foster-mother named thurid who although the law of christ had long since prevailed through all the country still made witchcraft and by this means promised the hook that he should have the island and with it the heads of illugi and gretter she herself was a mumbling fumbling carline of a sour spirit and fierce temper once when the hook and his brother were at tail game 
she looking over his shoulder taunted him because he had made a bad move on his answering in surly fashion she caught up one of the pieces and drove the tail of it so fiercely against his eye that the ball had started from the socket he had sprung up with a mighty oath and dealt her so strong a blow that she had taken to her bed a month and thereafterward must walk with a stick there was no love lost between the two meanwhile gretter and illigi lived in peace upon the top of drangi illigi was younger than the hero a fine lad with yellow hair and blue eyes the brothers loved each other and could not walk or sit together but that the arm of one was about the shoulder of the other the lad knew very well that neither he nor gretter would ever leave drangi alive but in spite of that he abode on the island and was happy in the love and comradeship of his older brother as for gretter hunted and hustled from norway to skaptar jokul he could trust illigi only the thrall noise was meet for little but to gather driftwood to feed the fire but illigi of all men in the world gretter had chosen to stay at his side in this the last stand of his life and to bear him company in the night when he waked and was afraid for the weird that the vampire had laid upon gretter when he had fought with him through the night at thorhallstead lay heavy upon him as the vampire had said his strength was never greater than at the moment when spent and weary with the grapple he had turned the monster under him and moreover as the dead man had foretold the eyes of him the sightless lightless dead eyes of him grew out of the darkness in the late watches of the night and stared at gretter whichever way he turned for a long time all went well with the two bleak though it was the brothers grew to love the island of drangi not all the days were so bitter as the one that witnessed their arrival throughout the summer when the daylight lengthened and lengthened till at last the sun never set at all the weather held fair the crust of soil on the top of the great rock grew green and brilliant with gorse and moss and mansel wurzel blackberries flourished on southern exposures and in crevices between the boulders and wild thyme and heather bloomed and billowed in the sea wind day after day the brothers walked the edge of the cliff making the rounds of the snares they had set for sea-fowl day after day descending to the beaches they fished in the offing or with ready spears crept from rock to rock stalking the great bull walruses that made the land to sun themselves day after day in a cloudless sky the sun shone day after day the sea deep blue coruscated and flashed in this light day after day the wind blew free the flowers spread and the surf shouted hoarsely on the beaches and the sea-fowl clamoured cried and rose and fell in glinting hordes the air was full of the fine clean aroma of the ocean even the perfume of the flowers was crossed with a tang of salt and the seaweed at low tide threw off under the heat of the sun a warm sweet redolence of its own it was a brave life they were no man's men the lonely rock-ribbed island the grass the growths of green the blue sea and the blessed sunlight were their friends their helpers they held what of the world they saw in fief they made songs to the morning and sang them on the cliff's edge looking off over the sea beneath 
standing on a point of rock the wind in their faces the taste of salt in their mouths their long braids of yellow hair streaming from their foreheads they made songs to their swords and swung the ponderous blades in cadence as they sang wild unrhymed metrical chants monotonous turning upon but few notes savage songs full of manslayings and death fights against great odds shouted out in deep-toned male voices there far above the world on that airy wind-swept lonely rock a brave life the end they knew must come betimes they were in no wise afraid they made a song to their death the song they would sing when they had turned berserk in the crash of swords when the great grey blades were rising and falling death like lightning leaping from their edges when shield rasped shield and the spears sank home and wrenched out the life in a spurt of scarlet and the massive axes rang upon helmet and hauberk and men heroes all met death with a cheer and went out into the dark with a shout a brave life three of the weird of thurid foster mother to thorbjorn hook twice during that summer the hook made attempts to secure the island once he sailed over to drangey and standing up in the prow of his boat near the beach close by where the ladder hung talked long with gretter who came to the rim of the cliff in answer to his shouts he promised the outlaw so only that he would yield up the island full possession of half the sheep that yet remained and a free passage in one of his ships to any port within fifty leagues but the hero had but one answer to all persuadings drangy is mine he said there is no reed whereby you can get me hence here do i bide whatso may come to hand to the day of my death and my undoing and the hook must sail home in evil mind gnawing his nails in his fury and vowing that he would yet gain the island and lay gretter to earth and get the best out of the bad bargain he had made another time the hook hired a man named hurig a great climber to try by night to scale the hinder side of drangey where the cliff was not so bold but halfway up the man lost either his wits or his footing for he fell dreadfully upon the rocks far below and brake the neck of him so that the spine drave through the skin and after that certainly gretter and illigi were let alone the fame of them and their seizure of drangey and the blood feud between them and thorbjorn called the hook went wide through all that part of iceland and many the man that put off from the mainland and sailed to the island just to hail the outlaw at the head of the ladder and wish him well thus the summer and the next winter passed at about the break-up of the winter night the hook began to importune his foster-mother thurid that she would make good her promise as to the winning of gretter at last she said if you are to have my reed i must have my will strike hands with my hand then and swear to me to do those things that i shall say and the hook struck hands and swear the oath then though he was loath to visit the island again she bade him man an eight-oared boat and flit her out to drangey when they had reached the island and after much shouting had brought gretter and illigi to the edge of the rock 
thorbjorn again renewed his offer saying further that if there were now but few sheep left upon the island he would add a bag of silver pennies to make the difference good bootless be your quest answered grettir wot this well what i have said i have said my bones shall rot upon drangey ere i set foot on other soil but at his words the carline who till now had sat huddled in rags and warps in the bow of the boat stirred herself and screamed out an ill word for a fair offer the wits are out of these men that they may not know the face of their good fortune and upon an evil time have they put their wheel from them now this i cast over thee gretter that thou be left of all health and good hap all good heed and wisdom and that the longer ye live the less shall be thy luck good hope have i gretter that thy days of gladness shall be fewer in time to come than in time gone by and at the words behold gretter the strong whose might no two men could master staggered as though struck and then a rage came upon him and plucking up a stone from the earth he flung it at the heap of rags in the boat so that it fell upon the hag's leg and break it an evil deed brother said illigi surely no good will come of that nor none from the words of that hell-cat yonder answered grettir not overmuch virgilt were paid for us though the price should be one carline's life the hook sailed back to the mainland after this and sat at home while the leg of his foster-mother mended but when she was able to walk again she bade him lead her forth upon the shore for a time she hobbled up and down till she had found a piece of driftwood to her liking she turned over now upon this side now upon that mumbling to herself the while till the hook puzzled said what work ye there foster-mother the bane of gretter answered the witch and with that she crouched herself down by the log and cut runes upon it then she stood upright and walked backwards about the log and went widdershins around it and then after carving more runes bade thorborn cast it into the sea the hook scoffed and jeered but mindful of his oath set the log adrift now the flood-tide made strongly at the time and the wind set from off the ocean it will come to shore he said ay that i hope said the witch to the shore of drangey on the beaches where the torn scrum and froth of the waves shuddered and tumbled to and fro in the wind the hook and the old witch stood watching thrice the surf flung the log landward thrice the undertow sucked it back it was carried under the curve of a great hissing comber disappeared then rose dripping on the far side the hag bent upon her crutch her toothless jaws fumbling and working her grey hair streaming in the wind fixed a glittering eye malevolent iniquitous far out to sea where drangey showed itself a block of misty blue over the horizon's edge a strong spell for a strong man she muttered and an ill curse for an evil deed blighted be the breast that sucked ye and black and bitter the bread ye eat look now thou foster son she cried raising her voice the hook crossed himself and his head crouched fearfully between his shoulders under his bent brows the glance of him shot uneasily from side to side 
a bad business he whispered and he trembled as he spoke for the log was riding the waves like a skiff headed seawards making way against tide and wind veering now east now west but in the main working steadily toward drangy a bad business and peril of thy life is toward if the deed thou hast done this day be told of at thingvala four the night flitting of thorbjorn hook by candle-lighting time that day the storm had reached such a pitch and so mighty was the fury and noise raging across the top of drangi that gretter and Lugi must needs put their lips to one another's ears when they spoke there was no rain as yet and the wind that held straight as an arrow's flight over the ocean had blown away all mists and clouds so that the atmosphere was of an ominous clearness and the coasts of iceland showed livid white against the purple black of the sky there were strange sounds about the prolonged alarms of the gale blast trumpeting to blast all through the hollow upper spaces of the air the metallic slithering of the frozen grasses writhing and tormented the minute whistle of driving sand the majestic diapason of the breakers and the wild piping of bewildered sea-mews and black swans as helpless in the sudden gusts they drove past close overhead with slanted wings stretched tense and taut towards evening gretter and Elugi regained the hut their bodies bent and inclined against the wind they bore between them the carcass of a slaughtered sheep the last on the island for by now they had killed and eaten all of the herd with the exception of one old ram whom they had spared because of his tameness this one followed the brothers about like a dog and each night came to the door of the hut and butted against it till he was allowed to come in earlier in the day gretter foreseeing that the weather would be hard had sent noise the servant to gather in a greater supply of drift the thrall now met the brothers at the door of the hut staggering under the weight of a great log he threw his burden down at gretter's feet and spoke surlily for he was but little pleased with his lot there be that which i hold will warm you enough hew it now yourself for i am spent with the toil of getting it on such a night as this but as gretter heaved up the axe Ilugi sprang forward with a hand outstretched and a warning cry he had glanced at the bulk of drift and had seen it to be one that gretter had twice discarded suspicious of the runes that he saw were cut into it even noise had been warned and forbidden to bring it to the hut doubtless on this day the thrall had found it close by the foot of the ladder and being too slothful and too ill-tempered to seek farther had fetched it in despite of gretter's commands brother cried Lugi, have a heed what ye do but he spoke too late gretter hewed strong upon the bulk and the axe flipped from it and drave into his leg below the knee so that the blade hung in the bone gretter flung down the axe and staggered into the hut and sank upon the bed ill luck is to usward he cried and now would i well that my death is upon me for no good thing was this drift timber sent thrice to us noise evilly hast thou done and ill hast thou served us 
go now and draw the ladder and let thy faithful service henceforth make good the ill turn thou hast done me to-day and with the words the brothers drove him out into the night grumbling the thrall made his way to the ladder-head and sat down cursing a fine life he muttered hounded like a housecarl from dawn till dark because the son of asmund swings awkwardly his axe and notches the skin of him i must be driven from house and hearthstone on so hard a night as this draw the ladder ay draw the ladder says he by god it were no man's deed to risk whether he could win to the island in such a storm as this for all that he made at least one attempt to draw the ladder up but it was heavy and the wind thrashing it to and fro made it hard to manage noise soon gave over and out of spite refusing to return to the hut drew his cloak over his head and crawling in behind a boulder addressed himself to sleep he was awakened by a blow he sprang up the night was overcast it had been raining his cloak was drenched men were there dark figures crowding together whispering there was a click and clash of steel and against the pale blur of the sky he saw silhouetted the moving head of a spear again someone struck him he wrenched about terrified and a score of hands gripped him close while at his throat sprang the clutch of fingers iron strong then a voice fool and son of a fool and worse than a fool it is i thorbjorn called the hook speak as he should speak who is nigh to death true words and few words what of gretter sore bestead noise made shift to answer through the grip upon his throat crippled with his own axe as he hewed upon a log of firewood but this very day down upon his back is he and none to stand at his side when the need is on him but the boy elugi a log say you whispered the hook then turning to a comrade mark you that he alfi thinbeard a log cut with runes insisted noise ay with runes repeated the hook with runes i say he alfi thinbeard my mind misgave me when the carline urged this flitting to-night and only for my oath's sake i would have foregone it but an old she-goat knows the shortest path to the beer as for you he turned to noise gretter is mine enemy and the feud of blood lies between us but he deserves a better thrall than so foul a bird as thou thereat he gave the word and his carl set upon noise and beat him till no breath was left in his body then they bound him hand and foot and dragged him behind a rock and left him noise watched them as they drew to one side and whispered together there were at least twenty of them for a long moment they conferred together in low voices while the wind shrilled fiercely in the cluster of their spear-blades then there was a movement the group broke up silently and with cautious steps the dark figures of the men moved off in the direction of the hut twice as the hook gave the word they halted to listen then they moved on again they disappeared a pebble clicked underfoot a sword struck faintly against a rock there was no more sound the rain urged by the wind held steadily across the top of the island of drangy it wanted about three hours till dawn five 
of the man-slaying on Drangy. In the hut, his head upon his brother's lap, Gretter lay tossing with pain. From the thigh down the leg was useless, and from the thigh down it throbbed with anguish, yet the outlaw gave no sign of his suffering, and even to speed the slow passing of the night had sung aloud. It was a song of the old days when all men were friendly to him, when he was known as Gretter Osmundson and not Gretter the outlaw and as he sang his mind went back through the years of all that wild troubled life of his and he remembered many things back again in the old home at biarg free and happy once more he saw himself as he should have been head of his mother's household his foot upon his own hearthstone his head under his own roof-tree and there should be no more foes to fight and no more hiding and night-riding no noontime danger to be faced down no enemies that struck in the dark to be baffled and he would be free again he would be among his fellows he would touch the hand of friends would know the companionship of brave and honest men and the love of good and honest women would it all be his again some day would the old old times come back again would there ever be a homecoming for him fighter though he was a hero and a warrior and though battles and manslayings more than he could count had been his portion even though the shock of swords was music to him there were other things that made life glad the hand the sword-hilt had calloused could yet remember the touch of a maiden's fingers and at times such as this strange thoughts grew with a strange murmuring in his brain he was a young man yet could he but make head against his enemies and his untoward fortune till the sentence of outlawry was overpassed he might yet begin his life all new again a wife should be his and a son should be born to him a little son to watch at play to love to cherish to boast of to be proud of to laugh over to weep over to be held against that mighty breast of his to be enfolded ever so gently in those mighty sword-scarred arms of his strange thoughts strange indeed for a wounded outlaw on that storm-swept barren rock in the dark dark hours before the dawn i think said gretter after a while that now i may sleep a little Ilugi made him comfortable upon the sheep pelts and put his rolled-up cloak under his head then when gretter had closed his eyes put a new log upon the fire and sat down nigh at hand long time the lad sat thus watching his brother's face as sleep smoothed from it the lines of pain as the lips under the long blond moustaches relaxed a little and the frown went from the forehead it was a kindly face after all none of the harshness in it none of the fierceness in it that so bitter a life as his should have stamped it with a kindly face serious grave even the face of a big-hearted generous fellow who bore no malice who feared no evil who uttered no complaint and who looked fate fearless between the eyes something shocked heavily at the door of the hut and the outlaw stirred uneasily and his blue eyes opened a little it is only the old ram brother said ilugi he butts hard to get in hard and over hard muttered gretter 
and as he spoke the door split in twain and the firelight flashed upon the face of thorbjorn hook instantly elugi was on his feet his spear in hand it had come at last the end of everything fate at last was knocking at the door Gretter was to fight the last fight there in that narrow hut there on that night of storm in the rain and under the scudding clouds behind him as he stood facing the riven door and the men that were crowding into the doorway he heard Gretter struggling to his feet the fire flared and smoked in the wind and the rain as it swept in from without hissed as it fell among the hot embers from far down on the beaches came the booming of the surf the onset hung poised after that first splintering of the door the hook and his men made no move no man spoke elugi his spear held ready was a statue in the midst of the hut Gretter, upon one knee with his great sword in his fist one hand holding by elugi's belt did not move his eyes steady earnest were upon those of the hook and the two men held each other's glances for a moment that seemed immeasurably long then at last who showed thee the way hither said Gretter quietly god showed us the way the hook made answer nay nay it was the hag thy foster mother but the sound of voices broke the spell in an instant the great fight the fight that would be told of in iceland for hundreds of years to come burst suddenly forth like the bursting of a dyke elugi had leaped forward and through the smoke of the weltering fire his spear-blade flashed curving like the curving leap of a salmon in the rapids of the jaluska there was a cry a rush of many feet a parting of the group in the doorway and hialti thinbeard's hands shut their death-grip upon the shaft of elugi's spear as the blade of it tore out between his shoulders but now men were upon the roof car son of car thrall of tongue-stone vikar and haldar of the household of eric of Goodale, hafer of meadness in the fleets and thorvald of hegregus tearing away the thatch and thrusting madly downward with sword and spear elugi dropped the haft of the weapon that had slain hialfi and catching up another one made as if to drive it through the hatch but even as he did so the whole roof cracked and sagged then it gave way at one corner and car son of car fell headlong from above Gretter caught him on his sword point as he fell and at the same moment the hook drave a small boar spear clean through elugi's head and from that moment all semblance of consecutive action was lost yelling shouting groaning cursing the men rushed together in one blurred and furious grapple the wrecked hut collapsed crashing upon their heads the fire kicked and trampled as the fight raged back and forth caught the thatch and sheep pelts and flamed up fiercely in and around the combat they fought literally in fire in fire and thick smoke and driving rain the arms that thrust with spear or hewed with sword rose and fell all ablaze those who fell fell among hot coals and fought their fellows their own friends to make way that they might escape the torment twice Gretter, dying though he was flung the fight from him and rose to his full height 
a dreadful figure alone for an instant bloody dripping charred with ashes half naked his clothes all burning and twice again they flung themselves upon him and bore him down so that he disappeared beneath their mass and ever and again from out the swirl of the onset from that unspeakable jam of men mad with the battle madness that was upon them crawled out some horrid figure staggering gashed and maimed or even dying done to death by the great outlaw in the last fight of his life thorfinn gamli's man had both arms broken at the very shoulders Krolf of Drontheim reeled back from the battle with a sword-thrust through his hip that made him go on crutches the rest of his life. Kolbein, Curl of Svein, died two days later of a spear-thrust through the bowels. Ognun Hakun's son never was able to use his right arm after that night. Hardly a man of all the twenty that did not, for all the rest of his life, bear upon his body the marks of Gretter's death-fight. Still, Gretter bore up. He had with one arm caught Thorir, the hook's stoutest housecarl, around the throat, while his other arm, that wielded his sword, hewed and hewed and smote and thrust as though it would never tire even above the den of the others rose the clamour of thorir's agony once again gretter cleared a space around him and stood with dripping sword his left arm still crushing thorir in that awful embrace thorir was weaponless his face purple no thought of battle was left in him and frantic he stretched out a hand to his fellows his voice a wail help me thorbjorn he is killing me for christ's sake and gretter's blade nailed the words within his throat the wretch slid to the ground doubled in a heap the blood gushing from his mouth then those that yet remained alive drawn off a little panting spent saw a terrible sight the death of gretter for a moment in that flicker of fire he seemed to grow larger alone unassailable erect among those heaps of dead and dying enemies his stature seemed as it were suddenly to increase he towered above them his head in swirls of smoke the great bare shoulders gleaming with his blood the long braids of yellow hair soaked with it awful gigantic suddenly a demigod he stood colossal a man made more than human the eyes of him fixed wide open looked out into the darkness above their heads unwinking unafraid looked into the darkness and into the eyes of death unafraid unshaken there he stood already dead yet still upon his feet rigid as iron his back unbent his neck proud while they cowered before him holding their breaths waiting watching then like a mighty pine tree stiff unbending he swayed slowly forward stiff as a sword-blade the great body leaned over farther and farther slowly at first then with increasing momentum inclined swiftly earthward he fell and they could believe that the crash of that fall shook the earth beneath their feet he died as he would have wished to die in battle his harness on his sword in his grip 
he lay face downward amid the dead ashes of the trampled fire and moved no more end of story fifteen